Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is episode five of our movie Monster Mash. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the movie. Well, I'm still excited. It was a pretty good movie that we just saw. Uh, we just watched Scream. Was it 96? Yes. 1996. Uh, so, did you see it? Uh, well, no, we were like, what, 10, 10 years old when it came out? Almost 10, yeah. Yeah. How much longer, like, after it came out, did you watch it? Or did you? I saw it as soon as it was on VHS. So, the following year, probably 1997. So, yeah. when I was actually 10. Um, I can distinctly remember a friend of my parents had bought it and going over to their house and seeing it on his shelf and being like, oh, shit, I really wanted to see this, like, this movie looks super scary. Um, and then asking my dad if we could watch it, and my dad didn't give any fucks, so we watched it. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I remember mom, she rented it because everybody was talking about it. Um, I was from Blockbuster. I, it had to been like a year or something after it came out. But, um, no, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Younger, I will say it's not as scary now, but I don't know. It's it's hard to scale, like real fears. But I've seen wilder stuff since. But um, a lot of people say that Scream helped horror movies get another jump start because there was a lot of a lot of kind of straight the DVD, like you know made for TV kind of horror. Well, there was definitely like a break. Yeah. Like. Horror movies were huge in the late 70s. Well, like, I mean, through all of cinema until, like, the mid-80s. And then in the mid-80s, they kind of capped themselves. Like, they hit their peak with, what, like, Halloween 5 and Freddy Krueger or Nightmare on Elm Street, what, 5 or whatever it was. Yeah, everything was up kind of that high. Like, all those movies, there just got to be so many of them. Like, you know, the 15th Chucky or whatever. <laughs> People just stopped caring. So there was a point there for about 10 years where there wasn't, like, a huge push on super scary movies. We kind of changed our direction as a, I want to say as a whole country, I guess. And we kind of pushed more towards, like, action. Because that's when, like, in that time was, like, I mean, Jurassic Park and the big movies between in that gap. Yeah. A so, lot of Disney movies came out in that gap. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions you, you asked me yesterday, uh, you wanted to know a couple more movies around, like Hocus Pocus, just to kind of get a feel. Um, I checked out some more movies that came out around this movie. 1996. Yeah. And it was a pretty stacked year, like Mission Impossible. And Independence Day came out. Yeah, I was gonna out. say that was it. This is Independence Day. Like we moved into action movie, like being the thing. Yeah. Not that action movies ever really went away, but they kind of became so. They came out so regularly that it kind of pushed horror movies kind of to the side for a while. I feel this movie it um it it kind of changed what was scary. Like everybody knows, you know, some crazy person calling you on the phone. It's pretty horrifying. But before this movie, it was a lot of just like, oh, this is a creepy zombie thing that lives on this camp, or 
he kills you in your dreams or he comes out on Halloween and stabs people up. But this one was just like, what if you're just like chilling at home and someone is just preying on you? It's, it, there were movies like that before, but like the first, what, 10 minutes of this movie with Drew Barrymore, uh, watching it now, it was still pretty like, like, it gets your adrenaline pumping yeah. for sure. It's very suspenseful. Her her beginning part was very suspenseful. It was good. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Fun fact, I know it's early for it, but uh, Drew Barrymore went for the role of Sydney. She actually got it. Because uh, at that point, she was a pretty good name after E.T. and other movies she did when she was younger. But um, she it's had... a post-wedding singer, too. Yeah, so she had prior obligations or something happened that she wouldn't be able to be the the lead. Well, yeah, she was in like 70 rom-coms in the <laughs> late 90s, so. Yeah, so um, she said she would stay on because her name being there helped with the star power of the movie, and it actually got other actors and actresses to jump on. They're like, oh, Drew Barrymore's doing it. It's going to be a pretty big movie. And then, uh, you know, Wes Craven watched Party of Five, and he saw Nev Campbell, and he's like, I need an innocent girl like that, because that's the person I'm looking for. And, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. But it was weird. I remember the trailers and stuff showed a lot of Drew Barrymore or like a lot of her screaming and stuff. And I I thought she was the main character. And I remember her face, but then watching it and she goes out in the first 10 minutes. I was like, shit. Like I, it, it it's crazy to see a movie like that. Um, I know there's, it was very good, very well done by their marketing department, pulling in, taking the biggest name from the cast at that time that, like, and just, here's all the promos. It's just going to be her. Psych, she's dead. Like, it was very well done. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, what I appreciate this movie for is um, there's a few characters, uh, I know it's Jamie Kennedy. I can't remember his name in the movie. Was it Randy? Andy or Randy? Something like that, um, yeah. So Jamie Kennedy's character, uh, he watches all these movies and he knows the ins and out of horror movies and how to survive in them. Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing, Randy. Randy. So the whole movie, Randy tosses out these like guesses about things and he's dead on. It's the most ridiculous thing. And it's kind of like watching... Uh, the Sixth Sense, the first time, um, you get these clues, things hit you, and you're like, oh, and then you go with your gut, but then they throw out these other, something else pops up, and it kind of makes you like, oh, okay, so that's not the thing. Like, a lot of red herrings. This movie is full of them. Yeah, there's a lot of red herrings. And it's really cool, like, it's things that you wouldn't have noticed necessarily your first time watching it if you if you've never seen this movie and you and this podcast is what gets you to go watch it you're you might notice them but probably not there's gonna be a whole bunch of different like oh maybe he's the killer maybe she's the killer like they're very good at like turning you away from what is actually happening and just kind of having you guessing the whole time about who is the actual killer. Yeah, there were tons of um, nods to uh, multiple horror movies and moments that they they pulled from, and the music, music was uh, dead on with a lot of things. Um, like I was saying about the, the red herrings, 
a ton of people have these moments because you see more and more of the killer and like little things like the shoes and the pants and then just randomly they'll show someone's shoes and you're like oh oh that's the same shoes oh and then the music will just like kind of drop real quick and you're like oh shit that might be the killer so it's it's an odd like mixture of the horror there's some comedy but like it's like a whodunit it's kind of a mystery uh it's a very odd mix of a lot of things and i think that's why it worked so well uh for the time because it wasn't just uh hey we're counselors and we're having sex and then you know crazy jason comes out of the bushes and stabs us up um i will say there are some some blatant like spots where like Sydney's just walking through the store and in the, in the reflection of like the glass you just see the killer like in the store it's like broad daylight someone had to have seen that person like scuttling around at like what two o'clock yeah it was kind in, of in a full suit so it, it's kind of ridiculous moments like that but I think some of those scenes but I mean this the same can be said in almost all horror movies like how does nobody notice fucking Jason or Michael just wandering around everywhere like Michael is like a seven foot tall dude carrying a fucking machete and nobody notices him anywhere. Like, come on. So, okay. Um, so my buddies Terrell and Steve, we came up with this theory and it's not theory anymore. It's the goddamn truth. But all those killers that like walk everywhere and do that kind of bullshit, but then they appear somewhere else. They have a scooter on their person. And in the second, the, the girl gets away, you know, and they ah, ah, run across around the corner, and the music hits. Like, you think fucking Mike a fucking Myers razor. has a razor scooter? Yes, he has a fucking razor. Or no, I like the razor theory. I have another theory, but it's not as funny. But um, he Mike pulls Myers out the razor. For sure, wears a size fifteen work boot. He is not fitting his feet on a razor scooter. Oh, what if he has heelys in? <laughs> so he's straight. He's straight scooting. <laughs> Jason can't have Heelys because he's in the woods. Oh, Heelys would caught up on twigs and shit. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. Yeah, just Heelys everywhere. Um, there was actually a movie. Um, oh, what was it called? Um, like the Legend of Leslie Vernon. Um, it was like a documentary of this guy that wanted to be a like a a killer like Freddy, Jason. It was a world where they were all real. Like the those movies happened. And he talks, he's talking to the camera crew that's following him, and he says, like, cardio is the most important thing for a killer. And he's he's working on his fitness, and he's saying, like, because all these girls, they just run away, and they just keep running. So you have to have that cardio to keep up with them. And I thought that was the most realistic thing, because those killers, like, Mike, Mike does not run. He does not do any of that. And he's hitting hard. And you start running straight, he's just already doing it right. And going back behind something. Or hopping in well, this little pinto. Also, literally every girl in a horror movie who has ever run away from a killer trips and falls on who the fuck knows what. And usually they're injured, too. Like in this film, at the end of it, she was tore up at the end, <laughs> trying to run away from him. Like, yeah. I will say, there were some pretty crazy scenes. Like, the killer, he... um. 
the killer's really good at scuttling away. And to be a killer, you have to be really good at, like, if something hits you, you go down and they look away for, like, three seconds and you have to just be out of their fucking just field of vision. Ghostface Killer is incredibly fast. There are several scenes in this movie where, like, shots down a hallway where you see him, like, run from one side, like, across the hallway, like, at the end of it. And he is booking it. Like, he goes so fast. And he's actually running, like, not just, like, walking ominously like all the other killers do in all the other horror films. He's, like, actually running through the house, like, look, through all the houses looking for all the his victims. It's pretty, it's very different from other killers. <laughs> so, at this point, I have to give uh, Ghostface Killer, I keep thinking about the rapper, um, Ghostface, I, I need to give him a medal for being, like, the fastest fucking runner, because every other killer that we've He is the seen, Usain Bolt of, uh, like, Horror movie killers. Yeah. Everybody else doesn't have to run because they're already trapped. Well, like I said, and I keep saying this because Freddy, you got, watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy runs like he's got shit in his pants. It's the most ridiculous run. He like squats a little and just, <laughs> and just goes left and right. It was the dumbest run I've ever seen from somebody. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, So out of all the characters that we saw, let's go with good and then we can kind of talk about a little bit more about Ghostface. Who did you uh who did you like out of the cast? Mm, they all had their problems. <laughs> um oh, that's tough. I mean Drew Barrymore, she, there was nothing wrong with her character. She's only there for 10 minutes. So. Uh, her problem was she didn't lock any fucking doors or have any oh, curtains. That's her problem. But okay, that wasn't her house. That was her parents' house. Curtains are her parents' responsibility. Locking the doors, I will give it to you. That is her own fucking fault. She dumb for that. But the curtains, that's not... What fucking high school kid is like, Mom, you need to put curtains on all of these fucking doors? Nobody. Um. <laughs> okay. And even if you suggested it, it, would your mom have listened to you? She would have said no. You got that curtain money? That's what your mom would have said. No, we had curtains just as just it was a prerequisite yes on your the five windows in your house did you see that fucking house every single door was a fucking glass door because they lived out on a farm the whole point is so that you can see everything yeah so it wouldn't I, have mattered if she had locked the doors anyways he could have just shattered the doors yeah just blast a chair through it it i i've learned in uh, during the movie there are little signs of like, things being a little bit outdated, like, they were searching phones, trying to, like, triangulate stuff, and I was like, that shit wouldn't fly right now. Like, even past, like, 2000, it, it just technology got way better. That's why in horror movies now, um, people's phones always die or they're out of power, because they just have to get that easy out, just out of the question. Yeah, Scream as a concept would not work today. Like the calling someone on their phone and like trying to mask what phone you're calling them from, like that wouldn't work. Like even if you pinged it like off, like Google called somebody and put it through all sorts of like proxies and shit, 
people would still be able to pinpoint your location and what phone you called it from immediately first. Secondly, who the fuck answers a phone anymore? Like, that's just <laughs> going straight to voicemail. I don't recognize your number. Straight to voicemail. Like, Yeah, they were really nice in this movie. Yeah. He's like, hello. He's like, nah, I'm going to kill you. Okay. Nah, <laughs> click 911. Uh, I just got threatened on the phone. Oh, bye. So, okay. Uh, quick aside, uh, this reminds me of one night I was watching horror movies and uh, I get a call on the phone. I don't know why I answered it. So I pick up the phone. Uh, oh, because we had caller ID, but the number looked familiar. And so I pick up the phone and I hear this like, like just grumbling, like, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, okay, go fuck yourself. And I hang up the phone, call again. I pick up and like, yellow. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna kiss my ass and hang up. And they call again, and at this point, I was like, okay, this is a little creepy. I pick up the third time and just, I'm in your house. And I was like, oh. And I set the phone down. I pick up a fireplace poker, and I checked every room. I don't know why I was this fucking brave. I guess because I was by myself, and I'm not dying in my own house. I'd rather be out in the street and get stabbed up. But uh, I checked every room, clicked on the lights, and then, like, locked shit down and closed every door. And then I got back on the phone. I was like, you're not my house, you son of a bitch. And then, you know, I was, like, cussing and yelling. And I hear my friend giggling in the back. She, um, uh, there was some uh, computer app or something you can put on and have, like, a computer call someone, and it would use lines from a movie. So she took Kiefer Sutherland's voice from... Phone booth? Phone booth with Colin Farrell. Where Colin Farrell was trapped in the phone booth and, like, Keeper Sutherland was like a sniper. And he's like, do all this stuff or I'll, I'll kill you. And so I heard muffled from phone to other phone Keeper Sutherland's stupid voice saying all this shit. And I just heard something, like, in my house. Um, that shit's scary, having a voice. I wouldn't talk that long with a, with a voice on the phone. But uh, that's some scary shit, and uh, yeah, uh, it always reminds me of that when I see stuff like that. People get phone calls and stuff. I'm like, in other news, this is how you would lose my friendship. Oh, <laughs> nah, I wouldn't have stayed friends with that person. Yeah, that, that's some fucked up shit. It was it was funny later, but I was I was more mad than scared because I was I was ready to swing on somebody in my house. But yeah, yeah fuck all that noise. Oh. Um, so out of characters, um, I like Randy, because Randy knows everything. Um, he knows all the ins and outs of st- surviving a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, because she's the main, she's the main lead. She was pretty good. Uh, she did get, um, played in a couple spots, but I mean, she was naive. So that kind of goes with the territory. Nah, she gave into peer pressure like a little bitch, so. Like I said, she's naive. But she gets, she's a lot tougher in, like, Scream 2. Scream 3 was, uh, uh, 1 and 2. 1 and 2 are good. 3, it starts getting poopy, and then 4 was not good at all. Very graphic. I don't know how they got away with some of the stuff in it. But, um, yeah, Sydney, uh, probably, yeah, I'm gonna go with Sydney as my favorite. What'd you think about the killer? Ghostface. Mm. I think throughout the movie, he was really uh, ominous. Like, the calls were pretty creepy, and the way that he presented himself to each victim was interesting. Uh, At the end, 
of it. Like when he gets down and it's just like insanity, he kind of loses the like, I'm going to call you thing and just starts slaughtering people. And I mean, that was kind of like less interesting, I guess, than but, the phone call. But that's usually the weakness of horror movies. Um, the build up, and then there's a little bit of like a a cliff that they go over, and that's usually the point where you see too much of the killer, or yeah. they're on the screen more than like ten seconds. Yeah, it, it's not as scary anymore. But when it's quick yeah. hits of the killer, that's the best part of a scary movie. But usually, like the last ten minutes of like Freddy movie, it's really not the scariest yeah. part because he's on the screen way too much, and you see his stupid oatmeal face, and you're like, that's not really that scary, you know? And then you know, the character's like, yeah, I hate you. And they're kicking him in the, sh- in the fucking chest. And you're like, oh, Freddy's kind of yeah. lanky and stupid looking. But then the next movie comes out. And you're like, oh, shit. You yeah. know, because he's around that corner. So I think, I think uh, Ghostface, like, I think they, the way they did the reveal of, like, who Ghostface actually is in this movie was really cool. And how that all unfolds was really cool. And it was definitely different than... Most of the other horror, like, big horror movie villains. Because, like, you already know, like, I mean, I guess you don't know very much about, like, Freddy's beginnings. Um, but, you know, like, it's just Freddy. That's who he is. Yeah. Like, it's not just some dude in him out. And same with, like, Mike Myers and Jason. Like, you know who these people are. They already have names. Like, they don't necessarily have faces, but they kind of do, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I like the the way that they they revealed it, and when you like when you finally figure out who the killer is, like it's pretty cool. Okay, so um, what I want to do is I we've been kind of dancing around this. Uh, great movie. Watch it again if you haven't seen it in a long time. If you have not seen Scream, it's on Netflix. It's probably on a lot of other stuff. Somebody you know has a DVD, or just I don't know. Go ask somebody in the street. But check it out. It's really good. If you're interested in seeing this movie, please stop listening to this podcast right now and go watch this movie because we're about to spoil the big reveal. And you should watch the movie before you hear this part. Again, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. So please go watch this movie right now. We're going to spoil this like 20 plus year movie. So. If you haven't Get out seen into it, the streets and if watch scary it. movies aren't your thing and you haven't seen it, and this podcast is the reason you wanted to go see it, go watch it before you listen to the end of this podcast. Okay, and flip. Uh, okay, so what did you think about the whole motive behind, like, Sydney's boyfriend and friend being the killers? I think the boyfriend had a solid motive. Like, he was upset that his dad had cheated on his mom and was taking it out like i mean took it out on sydney's mom for cheating with his dad and then took it out on sydney again what okay i didn't really get that that part didn't really make sense to me but sure why not yeah so uh, what happened was um billy's mom and dad broke apart and he finds out that Sydney's mom was... Was the reason. Yeah. And so this whole situation goes down. So Billy and his friend, like, kidnap the mom or kill, just murder her. And then they blame it on somebody else. And then 
a year later. Yeah. During like he's dating Sydney, he comes up with this like amazing plan that's a year in the making, more than a year. Yeah. That he's gonna like blame all of these murders that they're gonna do on Sydney's dad. It, it it was pretty convoluted, like, when it, I think about yeah, it now. Yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, Sydney's dad had literally zero things to do with the fact that Billy's mom left him. Like, that was all Sydney's mom and Billy's dad's fault. Like, it didn't have anything to do with with uh, Sydney's dad at all. But the way that yeah. he was planning on framing Sydney's dad for all of this was just insane. You can tell that he definitely put a lot of thought into it. And looking at it as an adult and knowing that these are supposed to be high schoolers, you can definitely see, from that standpoint, you can definitely tell, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. That's dumb high school logic. Like, he's mad that his mom left. He's going to take it out on everybody who might have been involved. Yeah. So that kind of made sense because kids are dumb. You all know kids are dumb. <laughs> so. um, Yeah, it. Like you said earlier, it was really cool when the mask was still on, but then the second you, you know, that the last red herring hits because Billy, quotation mark, dies, and so finally you're like, whoa, he can't be the killer because he just got stabbed up. And then later he's like, psych, that was just fake blood. I'm like, shit. Yeah, man. that was a lot. It, it, His, like, fake... The whole thing... The whole scene in, right there where he gets stabbed up is, like, right after he basically peer pressures Sydney into having sex with him after she's, like, all virginal. And that scene was, like, the most upsetting scene of this movie to me because of the way he was just... Uh, ugh. It was so, so slimy and gross. So it's crazy. The whole movie, um, he's, like, a horny boyfriend. But for the fact of... He doesn't want Sydney to be a virgin because virgins survive in horror movies. So he's trying to make her not as strong. It, 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 it's weird metaphors in the movie. Yeah. And she still survives because she's awesome. But um, yeah, everything falls apart for her after she had sex. And, you know, and well, the, it and was the, already falling apart before that. Yeah, but... but she finally gets like hit and hurt well, yeah. after that. Well, um, yeah. So in a lot of those movies... Well, her whole reasoning for having sex with him was just absurd. It, yeah. It, absurd. And honestly, with horror movies, plot-wise, if you, like, really look at the plot, like, put your face right to it, there are a lot of holes, and you're like, that's stupid no. as hell. It, no, because, I mean, I know it's a lot of what I'm saying is because culture has changed so much in the last 25 years since that movie came out, basically, but... Basically, the whole bedroom conversation starts, and he's like, I'm sorry, I've been pressuring you um, into, like, doing things that you don't want to do and, you know, making you feel guilty. And then she, like, flips it and is like, no, I'm sorry, I've been selfish for not having sex with you. I'm like, uh, bitch, your mom died. You can grieve as long as you want. Fuck Billy and his dumb hormones. Like, no. Do yeah. not fuck him just because he's making you feel guilty about it. He's the worst. But, um, so, you know, after the sex and, and stuff, uh, Sydney kind of quickly takes down everybody. And then 
in the typical give, you know, their own medicine situation, uh, she grabs the mask and voice modulator and actually calls oh, them. But that's and fucks that's, with them. That's so. later. So there is a second killer. So it was oh, yeah, it was Billy and his best friend, played by Matthew Lillard. I don't know what that character Stu. Stu, okay. So him and his friend Stu, they're like equal parts part of this plan. So Billy had a legitimate like reason to want to do this to get revenge on Sydney's family for breaking up his family. Stu was a dumb idiot and did it all because of peer pressure because of Billy. Like Matthew Lillard's character had absolutely no reason to go along with this except for that he wanted to I don't know, make his friend happy and one of them was like the voice person on the phone, and the other one was like the one in the mask running through the house. Like they would, it was fucking weird. And Matthew Lillard's character, as a whole, like in the whole movie, did not make very much sense. Like I'm at s- least his motives to do anything. Like there was no reason for him to be involved. I, in I this just at think all. he was just a disturbed friend that really didn't need that much pushing, but was fine with following a crazy plan because he was in yeah, fact crazy. crazy white boy yeah it, it doesn't take much sometimes to get a friend to do some dumb shit also there were zero people of color in this film uh we zero of the five movies we've watched um i guess it's a, a cool thing right now until we get to one uh no black people have died yet have there been any black people in any of the movies probably somewhere in hocus pocus <laughs> But so they I were, don't think there were any so black were people in Hocus Pocus. Dancing, probably. There's probably black. Yeah, I guarantee there was a black person oh, in that scene. The Supremes. There were three of them. Yeah. At the adult ball. So yes. there was a chance okay. they could have died from dancing too much. But they didn't. All the adults just yeah. left. That's the biggest. That's the biggest threat for people of color. So I don't far, think I've seen any Spanish people either. There were no people of color in uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth. No. Nah. Or Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean? No. White girl gets dragged on the ceiling, stabbed. Her boyfriend gets hung in the prison cell by Freddy. Johnny Depp gets pulled into his bed and turned into a... Oh, talking about Johnny Depp, this motherfucker, like, the main killer in Scream is, like, wannabe Johnny Depp fucking to the max. Oh, so they were actually going for that. Because of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. They were going for that. Just look. like Johnny Depp in Crybaby. Like he had the little hair like coming down, like the weird bangs coming down on either side of his face. It was <laughs> very weird. Yeah. Very, very weird. But no. Um in Saw Okay, there was there was uh what, Puerto Rican guy? The big dude. Oh, we I forgot we watched Saw already. That was Black like dude has died. Black okay. dude died. Okay. Black so, dude got a baseball okay. bat with nails in the back of the head. Okay, I'm gonna put that down then. Black 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 people dead count were at one. Also Hispanic dead count. How about Two. people of color kill count? Three. Three. Yeah, we're at three. Because the there was a girl in Saw and a boy in Saw. Yeah. That were both people yeah. of color. Okay, yeah. So we're at three. Three people of color have died out of the it's it's a low percentage. But there's some movies out there that get a little bit rough with it. Hey, at least yeah. they didn't die early. Like uh Oh, if you want to see some fucked up stuff, watch the first 10 minutes of Scream 2. That's all you really need to watch of it. Watch that. Uh, Jada Pinkett, she gets stabbed in her seat 
during the movie of the first movie, so they, you know, make a movie of it, she gets stabbed up by the killer. Everybody in the theater thinks it's part of the show. She stumbles to the front of the theater, just screams with blood, just, ah! and falls down in the front of the theater. Everybody's like, fuck yeah, yeah, I love this movie. And she lays there for the rest of the movie. Like, they're watching it, and she is dead, dead. And I, I remember watching that in theaters. I was pumped to see it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, and there uh, there weren't any more black people. I don't think there were any more black people. I was like, wow, that's no. that, that's fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's rough out there if you're, if you're not white, but, uh, <laughs> usually you go down I fast. Mean, you're like a really good our, friend and you go down. Our, our people of color kill count will remain pretty low because on average, most horror movies only have like a person of color. So it's not until we get into things like Get Out and Ma and Us, where the cast is primarily people of color, where the kill counts will really go up. But honestly, all those movies, it was kind of just, you had the one or two, and you knew they weren't going to make it all the way to the end. And so it was just habitually well, yes. every there, scary movie well, had yes. two okay. people, and they their, went down. Their probability of death is very high. Oh, yeah. By, because, <laughs> because they are people of color. The people of color get murdered in the movie, guaranteed. Except but, for, uh, I still know what you did last summer. Brandy yes. made it. But... There's only, like, two people of color max in every scary movie. So if you go through scary movies and you're taking, like, percentages, like, in this movie, like, 15 little white kids died and no people of color. Yeah. So, like, if you break it down in percentages in those movies, like, yes, both of the people of color died, but also 30 white kids, like. Yeah. (laughs) Not being picky to be assholes. It's just, like, if if you're not yeah. why you're probably not making it to the end unless you're that special one jeepers creepers 2 we named him roscoe me and steve watched it we were young i haven't seen jeepers creepers it's 2 in fucking great years. that's in on the list we watch it we were watching that but uh we i named... watch the first one it doesn't exist well we can watch that too um but we named him roscoe and he there were at least four moments where he almost died and we're like come on roscoe do it and that son of a bitch makes it to the end and we were so fucking happy <laughs> Because there's been so many movies where they're just habitually in danger. I'm like, oh, you're not making it to the end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, the people that, yeah, they're probably gone still. But, um, yeah, watch this movie. Scream's fucking great. Oh, the Fonzie's in it. And he gets fucked up. And I was sad. The Fonzie? Yeah, the Fonz. The Fonz. The Fonzie. The Fonz. Hey. Yes. And then there's a Freddy Krueger-ish person Jander. in it. Janet looks straight up like Freddy Krueger. If you, like, blink really quick and look at it, it's He has it's a sweater cool. and a hat and the scraggly hair. It was great. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I, lo- like, I legitimately laughed out loud. His name was Fred in the fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> they named their janitor Fred and put him in a Freddy costume. It was pretty great. Okay. Uh, so, I got some questions for you. Okay. Oh, oh, hold up. We gotta, uh, we keep getting these sponsors. It's it's fucking amazing, guys. Um, all these famous people keep calling me. Obama called me yesterday, and he was he was like, Otis, Otis, I, I listen to your podcast. It's, it's uh, real good stuff out there. You keep doing what you're doing, Playboy. And I was like, Yeah, you too, Obama. He's like, Yeah, baby. And he's like, Yeah, if you ever wanna go for president, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll just do be a VP. Ho 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 ho. And I was like, Yeah, Obama. I'm like, let's go get some ice cream. What tangent is this? I don't know. But um, so um. We have another sponsor, 
Um, it's actually a book that's coming out pretty soon. It's a pretty sweet book. Uh, it's uh, The Gail Weathers Story, uh, How I Survived a Serial Killer in Five Easy Steps. It's a pretty sweet book that's coming out. So pick it up. It's going to be on Kindle and Apple Book stuff. You can find it anywhere. It, you can get it online. Also, grab that book. Gail Weathers was trash. Gail Weathers Courtney was Cox, awesome. She, no, she was Courtney a bit Cox's of a character tease. was trash. She was throwing it all in Doofy's face. Trash. I, I, feel, I, I feel bad for Doofy. She was trash. He went through a lot. Well, this was the movie where they got together and, like, in real life, like, Courtney Cox and Dave Arquette. He got Arquette extra stabbed in this got movie. Got together. <laughs> no, yes, but she was horrible. As a reporter, she was fucking horrible because the very first thing that she did on the very first day, like, right after Drew Barrymore gets killed, all the news buses pull up, or news vans pull up to her fucking high school pull up to the high school and immediately she starts fucking like talking into the camera and saying Sydney's name. Sydney is a fucking minor and you would not say any minor's name in a fucking news report like that. Well, this is also a town where they don't lock doors. So it's, you know, it's just special, special place. Yeah. Well, she was also a hoax. She was all over Dewey. I've been saying doofy. I know, because <laughs> you're stuck in scary movie mode. I need to watch scary movie again. Okay. Um, so you, you're getting way better about this whole budget thing. So how much do you think the budget for Scream was? Oh, I have no idea. $20 million. 14 Okay. You're getting there. You're getting there. Okay, so this movie did fucking amazing. People lost their shit. How much did it make box office? It did great. $200 million. 173. So, yeah, this movie, so apparently in the first week, it did pretty good numbers. Um, it came out, uh, dang, uh, December, December 20th. Yeah, it was a Christmas time movie, and it was really weird. They were really, because uh, apparently that's kind of a shitty time to bring out a horror movie, but it did amazing. After the first week, people were like, oh, shit, that old movie's great. Watch it. Well, yeah. But, um... You just have to make it over the hump of the holiday, because once Christmas is over, like, those five days before Christmas, when everyone wants to watch Christmas movies, after Christmas Day, everyone's like, nah, fuck Christmas movies. Give me anything else that's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. People are done. So, um, I have a question for you. Um, before it was named Scream, it had an, uh... Another name. I'm going to give you three choices. So okay. you tell me what you think. Stab, Scary Movie, or The Ripper? Scary Movie, because they said it in the in the end of it. Yes. It, the original name for this movie was Scary Movie. Which when, makes sense why they made this Scary Movie franchise, which spoofs this film yeah. primarily. Yeah. So um, the writer, he um, actually got real-life inspiration from it so the ripper it was um actually a killer in florida he killed five people in a four-day period jesus and uh and raped some of the bodies and so see this is why like movies like saw fuck me up so bad because real life people are shitty y'all and stuff like this is real like this movie was based on true events that's terrifying yeah so um, he worked on the screenplay, and I uh, finished it in a couple days, and he actually made enough 
ideas for part two and three. He was going to drop it as a trilogy. And, uh, you know, rest is history. Why'd they make a fourth one? Because they wanted more money. Greedy. And then it got poopy. But, um, okay. How many gallons of fake blood did they make for this movie? Well, that's hard because I don't really know how much how much fake blood you would need to make it look <laughs> like... I've never messed with fake blood. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Probably a gallon a person and, like, 30 people died. 30 gallons times, I don't know, however many takes it fucking took to make this movie. <laughs> I'm going to go with 700 gallons. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so much. It is. I don't uh, know. I have no idea. They don't have an exact number, but it was over 50 gallons. Oh, yeah. See, 700's I, a lot of I have no blood. idea. <laughs> that's an absurd number. I thought you were going to say 70. I was like, Well, okay. that's fair. There's not really, like, pools of blood in this film. They don't, they didn't really need a lot of it. Yeah, it's not like Evil Dead, where it's just like a hose with red food yeah. coloring in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no idea. I don't know how much, how far a gallon of blood goes, like... In a movie? <laughs> okay. So, um, another fun fact. This Scream movie was actually the most successful out of all of them. This one this one was the best one. Number two was, I think it had a million dollars less than the first one. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went from there. Yeah. And okay. then they just started becoming dumpster fires. Um, so, this movie was the highest grossing slasher film for a very long time until actually 2018, and it was beat by this movie. 2018 slasher film? Mm-hmm. Get Out? No. Ooh. Oh, uh, the new Halloween. Yes, new Halloween beat it. So it had that record for this long. So. Well, the new Halloween deserved to beat it. The yeah. new Halloween is a much better film than Scream. Yeah. It's fucking it's great. It's so good. I can. I'm very excited to watch that film. Still, again. a world where no one locks their doors. This old ass man was walking straight in people's houses and just rocking them, and then walking out the front door and then going next door into another house instantly. Oh my god, he murders so many people. It, I'm very. We are very excited to watch Halloween. Oh man, like, Halloween's so fucking it's good. It's so good. Anyone who wants to come over and watch that movie with us. Come on over. Like, we're, yeah, we're very excited. I remember, it's a really good I remember shaking my fucking head at that. I was like, no one's doors are locked. Nobody. Fuck, man. No. So, okay. Um, just another quick fun fact. It, um, for the money it made, it only got beat by one movie, like, that came out around the same time. And it was uh, Beefs and Butthead, Do America. Oh, in 1996. Yeah. And then other things came out and, yeah. Easily and destroyed it. Yeah, Titanic came out the next year. Yeah, so. nothing's uh, Independence Day did amazing. And yeah, like a slasher film. Yeah, you did great, but Independence Day that that was a dominated big fucking movie. Yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I that's all I got for this one. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, I love movies that talk about the rules of horror movies. Um, I always had an idea to make a movie where you have every typical, like horror movie person and then something happens and the rules get flipped around so like you save the slutty girl and then she becomes more brave because she didn't die right then and then just the killer's confused about who to kill next because there's a certain order that order's changed over the years but um yeah it's one of my favorite ideas i love that somebody's like oh that's 
oh, you'd probably be the killer because you're the boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. They're like, I can't be the boy, be the killer. And it's like, yeah, you were. And it's like, yeah. I love when people just throw out the answer and no one listens to it. It's, it's the funniest yeah. thing to me. He said a lot of the right things. Like, good job, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, yeah, you were crazy in this movie, but it was great. Yeah, he was. Okay, so like we always do, like we always do, it's the fifth day of this. Um, Close enough. We had to ask, add Ghostface somewhere into the football team. Where would you put Ghostface? There's two of them. So Billy and... Uh, They're running backs, for sure. They're fast as fuck. Or tight ends. They're lanky. They're lanky okay, then one's boys. a running back and the other one's a tight end. They are fucking fast. Like, no joke, fastest killers that I have seen in a horror film. But, Given, I don't really watch horror films. But. but I will say, Stu and Billy, um, in this movie, if you did anything physically to them, they were down for like five seconds so you could get away. Like, Sydney kicked one and he was down for like a little bit. Uh, they... They're they're human, and you can tell in the movie. So well, yeah, but they're not going against other monsters. All the other monsters are on their team, so they're yeah. just fast. If those monsters give them like enough birth, they can scoot up. Oh, yeah. they're getting away. Oh, if, yeah. if you don't catch they're them up front, they're done. They are fast. Okay, so what about in baseball? Where would you put them? So I said I think I was thinking about this earlier, and I think I do shortstop and second base because they work well as a team. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking great. And they're both really quick. I mean, supposedly. At least one of them is very quick. So, uh, yeah, I think shortstop and second, probably. Pretty sweet team. Where would you put them if, on, um, if, if they weren't batting? Batting? Or their team wasn't up. Where would you put them? What do you mean? Oh, um, don't mind me. Ignore Otis, he's confused. I had it flipped around. I was like, but what about like outfield? They'd be good for that too. But no. No, they're better up front. <laughs> they're better up front. Okay. Sweet. The team's coming together pretty good. Um, It'll be fun to make adjustments there. later. Oh, yeah. Some people are going to get moved around. A lot of people are getting just kicked off the team. Yeah, we'll have to cut some people. <laughs> May, we'll see if Jimmy... Actually, Jimmy Jigsaw will probably make it pretty far. That It's, it's going to be hard to tell to strike him out. So goddamn tiny. Yeah. Would he have a normal bat or a tiny bat? He has a tiny bat. He has one of those bats that you get in like the gift shop. That's only like a foot tall. <laughs> That'd be so fucking cute. And he have a little helmet on. And yeah, he... like one of those ones that you get fucking ice cream in. It's yeah. the, his baseball helmet. And he would come out there actually ready to swing. He's out there. He's like, okay, okay, I got this. Good. And they yeah. pitch. And he's like, strike three. He's like, oh. And he wobbles yeah. over to first base. He's like, he wants to actually hit the ball. That'd be so fucking cute. Yeah. He's not hobbling anywhere. He's riding his tricycle. <laughs> That's when he gets on it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I gotta see this now. Okay. Um, so, guys, thank you. Seriously. Um, we have, I haven't checked the views today, um, but we've had people actually listen, and we have a couple of followers, so you know who you are, and you're awesome, and I'll give you a hug at some point. Um, but, yeah. Keep on doing this. Um, like I said, I'm not doing this to be famous or anything. But I mean, if somebody out there wants to like pay me millions of dollars to review stuff every day, I'll do it. But um, no, I, I really enjoy this, and I like doing this with Katie. Something, it's something new that we're doing together, and she seems to like it. Um, it's funny to see her when I'm looking for a horror movie, 
and she'll ask me like, "What is this about?" And then like you just kind of see her hand kind of go up to her face because there'll be some scene. She's like, mm. "Well, the problem is that Netflix gives you a preview of movies, and, and it's, it's a solid moment of the movie. It's always something hor- like terrifying. So yeah, I." Used- have to like as soon as I see the name of the thing, I have to ask Otis what it's about before I fucking watch it because I do not like uh movies that are real like real shit like Saw. I mean those ones I can kind of get through, but like le- legitimate kidnappings and stuff like that, those movies kind of fuck with me. And I don't like possession movies, so a lot there's a lot of those on <laughs> Netflix. So. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, th- this is really fun, and um, I didn't realize, I was talking to some friends about the whole situation, and um, I know something in o- October, Inktober, a lot of people just draw pictures and work on tattoos, and it's kind of just like this cool practice kind of thing, and I'm enjoying doing this all month, because every video that I do, um, I get a little bit better at editing and talking, that's... Ugh. First one, it's rough. I might go back and do the Freddy one again. It was it was rough. I was everywhere. But um it gets easier and I, I'm getting way more relaxed with everything. And I'd love to keep doing this just for fun, just like when this month is over, I'm not gonna do one every day. <laughs> but um I'd I'd love to do like a video like a week and just find something and, you know, make it longer and then actually a podcast a week. Yeah. It just it it's really cool. I'm I'm rambling now, but thank you. Thank you so much. If you listen to this and you like it, like I don't know, say something. It's really cool. Uh I'm gonna keep doing it. Well, I got I have to for twenty six more times. But um thank you. Thank you for being there and uh I'll see you in less than twenty four hours for another one of these. Okay, good night. <laughs>